Last week I went over a little bit about this, but I wanted to go over in a little bit more detail perhaps today um, because it wasn't online at the beginning last week uh, like we're having it right now. But I had shared with you some issues going on in Nigeria. Most of you know we have a work in Nigeria, in McCurdy specifically. The Lord had given me a a prophetic word almost three years ago before we ever went to Nigeria. He told me that the world would be reached through Africa. Africa would be reached through Nigeria, and then Nigeria would be reached through McCurdy. It was very specific. I didn't fully understand what that meant until I went there. And he repeated it to me when my feet hit the ground in Nigeria. That first trip that I I made there, I was on my own and uh, met another brother that was there already. Uh, And then we went, and that was the first time that I was really with Andrew, uh, apart from our 15-minute meeting in an airport some year and a half before. But I began to preach that message that weekend there in Nigeria, only to realize later the weight of that message, the weight of that prophetic word. See, at that time, I didn't understand if that was just something the Lord was telling me or if it was something that would have great impact. Some of the elders, uh, elder pastors, I think there were about eight of them with Andrew, came up to me that Sunday afternoon and and talked with me uh, uh, just outside of my room. And they said to me that some 30 years earlier, almost 30 years earlier, there was another preacher that came through, in their terms, another white man, (laughs) that came through, that spoke prophetically about McCurdy specifically, and the thing that blew them away, that forced them literally not just to listen, but to get excited, was they said that, What God had declared in the word that he had given me was word for word what was spoken almost 30 years prior. And they, these gentlemen, all except for Andrew, they were all older than him that I remember. And all of them were there present when that was said almost 30 years prior. And their response was, we thought God had forgotten about us. How often do we do that? We hear a word, we have to wait. Now, most of us have not waited almost 30 years. I mean, most people in this room are not even 30 years old. But how often do we wait on a word and then wonder, God, did you forget? Did you forget that word? Well, these pastors were so excited, and and since then, over the course of the last couple of years, we have begun to build ministry there. We have boots on the ground there. You're going to see here in a minute a picture of 15 pastors that are working there in 
dominated Muslim areas. In fact, their homes are gone. See, that's part of the story. These pastors that we worked with two years ago, we had a, no, it was one year ago. One year ago in Kaduku, we had a, a rally, whatever you want to call it. But this is way out in the bush, and we had almost 2,500 people come there. Many walking for days away to come. The military was so afraid, because this was in a, this was in, not in Benoist State, this was in, in a different state, highly Muslim area, and, and probably not the safest area. The state was so concerned that they sent 37 of their military, heavily armed, to protect us. Which is funny, we didn't even know that. We thought there were just a few, and then when it was over, all of a sudden they're coming out of trees and everything else. <laughs> and, and I think he was so afraid, because, now recognize that, that the governor in that state is a Muslim. I think he was so afraid of some international incident. But God did something in that two-day period. And I won't go into the story, but he dedicated that land right there in Kaduku and said, this land is mine. And he did that over a two-day period. It was, it was very amazing how he did it. But there was a stark declaration to the enemy. This is God's land. Less than a year later, just a few months ago, the Fulani herdsmen, who are not, not just... They're not just Muslim, but they are radicalized. Right? They came in and they killed many of the villagers, but displaced thousands upon thousands. Those 15 pastors that we work with lost their homes. They lost everything. Praise God, they are all accounted for with their lives, because at first we weren't sure. Praise God, the, the equipment that we gave them for the Jesus film, they were able to hide. We have, they still have that. They can't use it, but they have it. These are the people that we have been called to be a family with, to help. And that's what I talked about last week. They, they have nothing. Remember, most of them there are farmers. So when you take their land, you take their, their income. You take every resource that they have. They're living on just a governmental refugee camp area. These are some pictures. First of all, the, the bags of rice that we began raising money for last week. And I, I had to apologize to God because I told you last week we have a goal. I, I kind of had a goal in mind of 25 to 30 bags. Well, we, we raised 31 last week. And uh, amen. Thank you. Praise God. And I got home and God said, man. You gotta step up your goals, son. And so I said, I said, okay. Well, what do you want, Lord? 
And he said, well, what do you want? I said, step up your goal. What do you want? And I said, I'd like to feed them for six months. Not just these 15 pastors, but, but our, our man on the ground, Andrew, he has taken people into his, his own home. He's taken four additional families in addition to himself into his own home. So, so Father, I'd like to feed these people. And more, if you'll give us more, we'll feed more. But I'd like to feed them for a period of time. Feed them for six months. So we got the first shipment. Go, I, I, we got some pictures. I had Andrew send me some pictures. Just outside of McCurdy is this, um, uh, this refugee camp where literally hundreds of thousands of people now reside. Because their farms have been burnt. Because they have been displaced due to violence. Just a week and a half ago, which prompted this, a week and a half ago, or almost two weeks ago, there was an attack just outside of McCurdy, which is where our base is. Okay? An attack just outside of McCurdy, where these Fulani herdsmen went into a Catholic church. I want you to get this, because this is not just about land. What you see in the news, what you might see, although you won't even see this in the news, but you're going to hear that it's some some argument over land and the right to use land that's baloney. Because, see, the first thing they did is they went into this Catholic church. They went up to the front and they killed the two priests that were there. They had just begun Mass. Then they turned around and killed the 19. It was 17 or 19, I can't remember. That were there worshiping that morning. That were already there. Many more were coming. When they finished with everybody in the building, they went out into the village and they started killing those that had not fled. In all, 35 people were killed and 20 are missing. Last that I had heard about it. Many of these people Andrew took into his home. Others were taken to this this refugee camp just outside of McCurdy. But these people have lost everything. Show some, go ahead and turn to the next slide. These are pictures from that camp outside of McCurdy. Go ahead. Hundreds of thousands, and this is obviously just a portion, but hundreds of thousands of people have, di- have been displaced in the state of Benue. In the state of Benue, there have been over 230 people killed in the course of going against Christians. And this is in a state that when we got there some two and a half, three years ago, it wasn't hitting in that state. Because that was a Christian state. Go ahead and go to the next one. These are just more. Go ahead and go to the next one. These, this is Andrew and Comfort, his wife. And I'm assuming they put the banner together. I thought that was really kind. But behind them stand the pastors in Kaduku. Go ahead and go to the next one. Yeah, go to the next one. This is the shipment, the first shipment that we were able to get to them on. We, we wired it to them and he bought it on Monday. 
and I think he delivered it on Tuesday. I believe that's when this picture was taken, was on Tuesday. He didn't ask him to put on those shirts. By the way, do you know why they have those shirts? All the teams that do the Jesus film there for us, we gave these shirts to. And the pastors. And, and they decided themselves to all put that on to show a unity with their brothers and sisters over here. See, what's happened there is not just a physical fight for land, but it's a spiritual fight for land. The enemy does not want to hear, does not want it to come to place, what God has prophesied will begin in this city. Do you understand? This affects everything. We may be 5,000 miles away, but it affects everything that we do. The very revival that we speak of, the very revival that we've come to expect and hope for and be excited about. This is a key component right here. McCurdy. See, this is a fight worth fighting. Do you understand? It's a fight worth fighting. It's a fight worth sacrificing for. It's a fight worth sacrificing personally. It's a fight worth sacrificing money to send. But it's a fight worth being on our knees for. And I want you to understand something. How do we fight? We fight on our knees. There is nothing more powerful that we can do to help them than to be on our knees fighting. Because heaven has a host of warring angels just waiting to be released. Just waiting to be commanded by the Father to say yes. They stand in agreement with my will. Go. I am convinced that last Monday night, Shannon calls me in the middle of, of uh, worship team practice, and she's in tears, and, and, and she, said, she said, I just had this real-time vision. It's going on right now. That there, there is something, some kind of violence going on over there right now, or being planned to go on right now. So the worship team and I was on the phone with them, spent, spent probably the next 20, 30 minutes going to war. For them, I am convinced because I've been on, on with Andrew every day and nothing that he has heard of has come up. I'm convinced that what has come against them was the very warring that happened that Monday night. Do you believe that God is stronger than all of this? Yeah. If you really believe that, then you also have to look at the fact that how do we access the heart of God? We access the heart of God on our knees. It's not that we go out and buy a bunch of plane tickets 
get on the ground in Nigeria, smuggle some guns in there, see if we could get a tank, go down there and take care of the situation. I mean, that would be pretty cool, but not near as powerful as Father. This is going on right now. Release your warring angels to surround this group. Don't let anything touch them. I don't know about you, but if I was on the battlefield and I was, I was fighting just in the human realm and, and, and I see a tank coming, I, I'd, I'd stay away from the turret. I'd get out of its way. But if I saw a big warring angel, I'm not sure what I'd do. Jesus, I believe. I'm on your side. Let me come over there. Right? There's, there's no comparison. So we fight on our knees. That's what this fast is all about. That's what this idea of going deeper is all about. So I want to encourage you. We, I'll mention it at the end, but we have... Go ahead and go to the next slide. I think it's the last one. We have a website. This is connected to our website now. If you go on our website, ignition633.org, you'll, you'll see an alert there. You can get on there right away and you can support by buying bags of rice or putting toward bags of rice. This is going to be up again. Our, our hope and prayer is that we can, we can literally feed people for the next six months. At least the people we've committed to, but perhaps much more. We're going to be putting this on Facebook later, and, and I would encourage you all to share it. Share it, get the word out there. Do you know how many bags it would take for six months? No. Because I do, I do, it, for those of you online, what he just asked was, do I know how many bags it will take to feed? And the reason I say no is because I think the people will increase. And, and I think what God wants to do through us will increase. Um, so I will let him develop that goal. <laughs> My goal is just to feed as many people as we can for six months. But in addition to that, being in prayer and warring for these precious people. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and we praise you and we dedicate that to you. We dedicate that because it is your will. We war on our knees because that is what is effective. God, you are not only the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Lord, you also are the commander of your armies that can be sent at a moment's notice, that can stop in their tracks what the enemy would try to do in stealing and destroying and killing. So we pray your blessing over this in Jesus' name. I declare in the courts that we desire your will in this, Father. We pray over the next six months that we can... We can help to feed all those that, that have been connected with ignition. But Lord, we ask you for more. We ask you for more. Just like a YouTube video goes viral, Father, we ask that this goes viral all over the world. 
that perhaps you can, even through this, feed those hundreds of thousands of people that have been displaced. And your name be glorified through it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are one week away, one week away from this 40-day fast. And I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited about it. It's been hard to actually wait. It's been hard to wait. And this week's going to be even harder to wait. Because I know the Lord shows me more and more each day, every morning that I, I'm with Him and just talking with Him. He shows me more and more of what He is going to reveal, what He is going to loose, and what He is going to bind in this 40-day period. You know, we've talked about the, this idea of, of going deep. And then always get what, what comes to our minds in anything that we do, is understanding the why of it. Why is it important to fast? Why is it important to go deep? Why is relationship important in the first place? Right? These are all questions that you must answer for yourselves, that you must have in your heart already, before you can be effective for somebody else. So we've talked about this 40-day fast, and there, there are several reasons for fasting. Okay, and, and I'm talking about a spiritual fast. I'm not talking about losing weight. <laughs> I'm talking about we choose to fast spiritually to connect with something or to accomplish something. And I want to I want to look at a couple reasons why cuz we have corporate reasons and we're going to talk about that. We have corporate reasons but we also have very personal reasons. See, I know the corporate reasons that that we're going to be going on this fast for ignition but and and as well as Nigeria and everything else there are corporate things but I have very personal goals. I have very personal reasons that I want to do this fast. And it's important to understand the why of that. And there's several reasons for fasting. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 9. One of the reasons for fasting is this idea of intimacy with Jesus Christ. And that intimacy brings breakthrough and direction. In your life. Oftentimes we come to a brick wall in our lives. Can't get through it. Maybe a spiritual barrier that, that we can't seem to understand how to get beyond. And that intimacy with Jesus. That time of coming before Him and staying before Him. And drawing in and going deep can bring breakthrough and also direction. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, it talks about Moses here, and this is when he went up the mountain to receive the tablets, right? And, and by the way, we think of it as, you know, Ten Commandments and blah, 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 and all that. And, and really what he received was the law, so much more than the Ten Commandments. 
We're going to begin at verse 9. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, and this is, this is Moses speaking, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written with the finger of God. And on them were all the words that the Lord had spoken with you on the mountain out of the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. And at the end of the 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. See, it required intimacy with God. For Moses to receive what was literally written by the finger of God. Do you understand that? I mean, that, that's extraordinary. It's, it's, it's like him going through, he's going up to the mountain. Why? Because he needs breakthrough. Because see, for years, Israel had been in, they'd been captive. They'd been slaves. Now they were let out. But, but Moses, he needs breakthrough. He needs direction. Father, we need to know your will. And it was important to him enough to where he went to a 40 day fast. And that 40 day fast, that intimacy with God is what produced the finger of God to give him what they needed. And then sadly enough, verse 12, then the Lord said to me, arise, go down quickly from here for your people whom you have brought from Egypt have acted corruptly. They have turned aside quickly and out of the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a metal image. I don't know about you. I read this. I get frustrated. I, I, I know I know. Jeff said the same thing. It, it's like every time I read it, I hope they don't do it this time. Oh, wait, it still says the same thing. And and I remember thinking before, okay, well, may, maybe he was up on the there for a year or something. Maybe he was gone for so long because they literally thought he was dead. They said, he hasn't come back, he, he's dead. But you read right there, he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. But they took their eye off of God. They took their eye off of their Savior who literally took them out of the clutches of Egypt. Now recognize what happened here. Moses had just been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. We think that's a record. We think that's, that's long. That's crazy long. But look at what he did. He goes down, and I won't read the whole thing, but he goes down and he sees this calf. He sees all the things going on that they had began to worship this false idol. And go down to verse 18. He said, then I lay prostrate before the Lord because the Lord said, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to destroy them and I'll build up your name. And so he lays prostrate before the Lord as before 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. 
Because of all the sin that you had commended, committed, talking about Israel, in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Recognize what happened. He comes off a 40-day fast. He goes down. He sees this, what's going on. God said, I will destroy them because they have turned from me. Moses falls flat on his face and for another 40 days and 40 nights, he fasts. 80 days. 80 nights. I find it hard to do three. <laughs> and I've never done one without water. I, I didn't even think that was possible. But in reality, his life meant nothing to him if God's people were going to be destroyed. Do you see, God had said, this is what I'm going to do. And so Moses, who went deep with God, said, please, please, please intervene. Please change your mind. Please, I offer my life as a purity for them. What's that a precursor of? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Because see, Jesus Christ did the same thing. When we deserved death, the Son of God said, I will become a part of my own creation. I will become a man. And I will offer my sinless life so that these people whom we created in love don't have to be destroyed. See, Jesus began His ministry with a fast of 40 days and 40 nights. There's power in it. Do you understand the attachment? There's power in it because there's power in sacrifice. There's power in not only listening to the Lord... But there's power in saying, I will give up what can become my distraction. What can become my self-sustaining situation. See, for Moses, that brought breakthrough. It brought direction. But then it also brought the salvation of Israel. Now you might sit back and say, oh yeah, but just a few weeks later they kind of did it again. <laughs> and he had to go to bat for him again. Boy, doesn't Jesus do that for us all the time. There's another reason for fasting, and that's repentance. Sometimes when we are caught in, in something in our lives that we cannot break this stronghold of, and judgment has been declared on our lives, we go and we can fast before the Lord to show our heart's desire. I want you to turn to Jonah chapter 3. Now you all know the story of Jonah. He's called to go to Nineveh, and of course he hates Nineveh. He would rather that they all die. <laughs> Jonah was not wanting to go there. And you know the whole story of 
getting eaten by the fish and all that, spit out. You would think that would change a man, right? You would think that would totally change him. After being in the belly of a fish for three days, even just the smell, even just the smell I think would change me, right? But he gets out and he prophesies what is to be prophesied over Nineveh, that they're going to be destroyed in 40 days. Isn't it interesting how that time period keeps popping up? But that's the prophecy. They are going to be destroyed. And, and he was to tell the king. Well, when that prophecy came, I mean, I'm sure he was excited about that. Until, until the Lord revealed to him that he wanted to save these people. But I want you to read with me the reaction that the king of Nineveh had. Let's just start in verse 6. The word reached the king of Nineveh, this, this prophecy from Jonah, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered his head with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And then he issued a proclamation and published it all throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. See, they needed to get God's attention. First of all, they didn't even believe in God. And then something happened. Something happened with this prophecy. I don't know what it is. Scripture doesn't say. But he believed it. He believed in the power of God. He believed what was going to fall on Nineveh in 40 days. And so he went to immediate action in the hopes that that would change the course of what God wanted to do. So see, oftentimes we can go to that place just as the king did in all of Nineveh to seek repentance, to show a heart that wants what God wants, to show a changed heart. See, fasting is such a personal thing. You can't do it and hide from God. You can't hide anything from God. But the opposite of that is also true. When your heart is hungry for Him, and you lay down and sacrifice the things that get you through life, sometimes those are life-sustaining, like food, but sometimes they're what get us through because of distraction. See, if, if I don't have this, I can't make it through life. You know, if I don't, if I don't have this distraction at work, I can't get through work because I hate my job. I, I hate where I'm at. 
Right? So we have these distractions that we think get us through. So when we go and we fast and we give those things up, we are literally going on our knees and telling God, I trust you more than those. I trust that you can do this because all those do is get me through. But God, I need victory in this. God, search my heart and know me, just like David said in the Psalms. Search my heart and know me. Show me any wicked way. Do you think David was a fasting man? Sure he was. In fact, he fasted after, after he had, had uh, sinned with Bathsheba and killed Uriah and she had her baby. The Lord had said, and I think it was through the prophet Nathaniel, I can't remember. The Lord had said, that baby's going to die. What did David do? David fasted. He went after it with all he could in the hopes that God would change his mind. And God didn't. That first baby died. The life was taken. But then through that course... God produced another baby, right? God produced his will. God saw the contrite heart of David asking for forgiveness, asking for God's will to be done. And he did his will. So sometimes we go for this idea of repentance Sometimes it's security. I want you to turn to Ezra. And by the way, in Nineveh, what happened? God heard him. God heard him, and Nineveh was not destroyed. Now, that kind of irritated Jonah too. And Jonah just, I I don't know, I I can't wait to talk to him. Because he kind of ended everything just irritated him. Or at least that we read But then there's this idea of security. Turn to Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. Now this is, this is, um, I've told you a lot about King Cyrus, right? In Babylon and, and how, how, uh, King Cyrus, because Donald Trump is, is kind of a mirror image of, of what King Cyrus was back then. But King Cyrus, uh, the Israel was in captivity. Under the king of Babylon, Cyrus was the king at that time, and, and he read this scroll from Isaiah, who named him by name 150 years before King Cyrus was ever born. And it was about this idea of releasing Israel to build the temple. Well, through three kings, that actually got built. King Cyrus, King Darius, King Artaxerxes. That's a mouthful. Right? It got built, and, and Ezra, Okay, was there during this time and, and it was filled and, and then, then through King Darius, he wanted more people to be sent there to have the workers in the temple that they needed to have. And, and, you know, that's what Ezra wanted and, and King Darius said, yes, yes, take it, go ahead, absolutely. So Ezra puts all these people together and he's got to move them from where they are in Babylon to Jerusalem where the temple is. Okay? And, and, and so, you can imagine, the people of Babylon weren't real happy 
And, and for that matter, neither, neither was the rest of Israel. All right, even real happy with what went on. And it was not a safe thing for them to do, to just move from one place to the next. So let's start at verse 21 of chapter 8. And this is Ezra speaking. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava. And this is after he had already gathered everybody together and they're about to do their trip. He said, at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. <laughs> I love this. Verse 22. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king the hand of God, our God, is for good on all who seek Him. And the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. (laughs) Do you understand his plight? It's like we're about to walk through this really dangerous area on this journey. And I told the king that my God can take care of everything. That kind of puts me in a bad spot to ask him for some soldiers, right? Well, if your God can take care of everything, why do you need the soldiers? That's what he's thinking in his mind. So, so what is his direct response to get the answer from God? A fast. A fast. Going on their knees before the Lord, pleading with the Lord. Lord, we are your people. We have told him that you're all powerful, more powerful than any army. Which is true. Lord, we need safety on this journey. Just for the sake of your name to be upheld. And it was. You read the last verse there. Verse 23. So we fasted and implored our God for this. And he listened to our entreaty. He listened and he provided. But see their answer was to fast. Their answer was to not just fast. But in that fast go before the Lord. Focus on spending their time with him doing everything to take distraction out of the way. To literally synchronize their hearts with God's. That's what a fast does. If you are purposely going on a fast for spiritual reasons, to draw an intimacy with the Lord, that's what it does. It brings your heartbeat and His heartbeat together. In synchronicity. Where the tour is one. See, that's what we search for, but that's what he does. We don't change his heart to copy ours. He changes our heart to copy his. So that, that was another, another reason. It was, it was for security's sake. But there's a fourth one. I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 10. And in this one, what Daniel seeks is understanding. He's given this vision. Let's let's just begin in verse 1. And this is Daniel speaking. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, now, now by the way, this is all the same time period as what we discussed with King Cyrus. King of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict, 
We won't go into the word, but just just to uh, let you know what it was. It, it was it was a vision of the end times. It was a vision of what was going to happen in the end during the tribulation. Parts of that. It says here, and this is an important thing to understand. In the middle of uh, verse 1 it says, And he, Daniel, understood the word and had understanding of the vision. So he wasn't going before the Lord. Lord, what in the world did that mean? What, what, it, what was that? See, oftentimes we talk about, uh, when, when I hear, hear prophetic teachers talk about how, how Daniel or John perhaps in the book of Revelation, well, well, see, they're, they're really describing like a helicopter. Because see, back then they don't know what they're looking at. You know, back then they didn't know what a helicopter was and a helicopter that, that shoots out rockets. So, so really that's a dragon that spits fire. Okay, I, I see how you could get that, but please, these, these people were not stupid. Their revelation was not from men. Their revelation was from God. So, so, and I, and I'm not saying there weren't metaphors there. Please don't misquote me on that. But, but my point is, it says right here, Daniel understood it. He knew what it meant. He knew the grave heaviness of what it meant. And what did he do? Verse three, or verse two. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the river, the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from, that was basically at the end of that three week fast, Gabriel came to him. Gabriel didn't come to explain the vision. Why? Because Daniel already understood the vision. He already understood the ramifications of it. Why was Daniel in heavy mourning? Why did he go into fasting? Because just like us, Daniel didn't understand the timing. Oftentimes we hear a prophetic word and well, okay, uh, it, it heard that on Sunday, so it's Monday now. When's it coming, Lord? See, Daniel, in his vision and fully understanding his vision, he thought this was coming on that generation. He thought this was coming down upon them, and he went just as Moses did. He went to intercede for Israel. He went to intercede for these people that he loved. God, please, 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 please don't, don't annihilate them. Don't bring this down upon them. And so after three weeks, Gabriel came and he said, this is for a later time. This is for the end of days. And you, you could read on, I won't take time, you could read on. And so it was important to Daniel though. How did Daniel figure he could get the ear of God? See, Daniel could have just prayed. Well, let's have a worship service and let's pray. He could have done that. Okay, but that was not the most powerful. 
the most powerful thing he knew he could do was to go and sacrifice himself, his own needs, to go before the Lord in intimacy before the Lord to gain the ear of God. And that's what he did. See, in all these things, in all these reasons that we do a fast, it's not supposed to be done on a whim. It's not supposed to be done, and and by the way, when I say that, I don't mean done with a quick decision. There have been many times that something happened, and I have gone into a fast right away. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. When I say done on a whim, I mean done without a plan. See, when we go into a fast, you want to have a plan as to what that means. Don't go into a fast and just say, well, well, you know what, I'll just kind of let God talk to me moment by moment as to what He wants me to give up and eat. Guess what will happen? Your voice, trust me in this, your voice will become much louder than God's voice. And for that matter, your stomach will become much louder than God's voice. What you are giving up, if you have not made a plan ahead of time in what you're giving up, in what you're doing, and you've communicated with God, this is what I will do, then that will change, guaranteed. Now, I'm not saying God can't change things either. But we have to go in with a plan. We have to go in with a plan, not only of what we're giving up, but what we're going before the Lord with. What are our prayers going to consist of? What are our goals in this? I, I said earlier that we have, we have not just personal, we have personal goals and corporate goals in this. So in that, we then need to develop a plan in our personal time with the Lord to go after each thing, the corporate goals as well as the personal goals. When we're fasting, we'll have, we'll have, what is it, uh, I think five Sundays together, I think, something like that. We'll have five Sundays together. And then I think we have six Tuesdays. These are corporate times we will come together in addition to the prayer call every night where we come together in the fast and we are going after those corporate goals together. But then all of the other time, when we're going before the Lord, we are also including our personal goals. Do you have goals? Have you begun to set up goals for this fast? And by the way, don't, don't make the goals, yeah, I, I just want to hear from God. You know, I just want Him to do what He wants. You know, get specific. All of the, the examples that we just went through, the four different examples, the, the fast that they did, they were for specific reasons. And they acted on it in a very specific way. When we draw close to the Lord, when you have a plan laid out in your mind, trust me in this, it is so much easier to stick to a plan when you start to feel the difficulties of what you're fasting against, whether it be food, whether it be... You know, whatever it is. 
When, when you're doing a large sacrifice in a fast, trust me, the enemy's going to come against you in it. He's going to. That, that, that's just our, it's our fallen flesh. It's, it's who we are. It's going to come against you. And if you don't have a plan that, that then you can declare before the Lord and go to every single day and many times throughout the day, then you're going to really struggle with this. So I want you to think this week, we have one week. Now, by the way, I know the, the fast starts a week from tomorrow. Um, I, some of you may do it this way. I always start, start the fast at sundown. Or, well, technically, we do it. I do it at 6 o'clock the night before, because that's, that's how they did it biblically. That's how they did it in Israel. And, and it's awesome because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well over halfway through the first day when I wake up. It's like, oh, that was awesome. I'm already well into it. So whether you start Sunday night, next Sunday night, or start on Monday, we begin in a week. So I want you to really look at this week as what are your goals going to be? Now, we're going to lay out corporate goals. And we'll have some of those that we lay out next week, but we already know some of them. We know, we, we talked about Nigeria. That is, that is going to be a huge piece of our corporate goals. Having God do what he wants to do in Nigeria to come against what Satan is trying to shut down. That's a corporate goal. We'll talk about and we'll, and we'll have some others. You'll, you'll have a list of what those are, but I want you to work on your goals. Your personal goals this week. What do you want to see in this fast? Do you have personal things that you want to see in this fast that, that you want God to do or that you want to connect with Him in a way perhaps you've never connected before? Maybe it's seeking Him in a new level of intimacy that you've never had with Him before. Maybe it's seeking, as Paul said, to seek the higher gifts. Maybe it's seeking the gifts that he wants or seeking a specific gift, like Paul says, to, to seek prophecy. You know, perhaps that's a goal, but write it down. By the way, pray stealth over it before you do. Don't let the enemy see what your goals are. Ask God to protect it, but write them down. Write them down in a protected journal. Write them down so that each day you can know what you decided at the beginning so you will not turn back when you're at day 5, 10, 15, 20. But you'll stay the course. Have a list of things that you're going to pray for. People that you're going to pray for. Not just what we want God to do in our goals personally and corporately, but how about praying for people? On, on most of our lists, right? We have Carson. There you are. You guys look alike. I think you might be twins or something. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you, you may have Carson on your list. You may have everybody on your list. I would encourage you to do that. To write something down about each name. Each name that's in ignition. Write something down that throughout the day or maybe many times during the day, you go back and you're visiting that list and you're praying for that person. 
How powerful would it be? Uh, I'll share with you. Uh, some of the personal things that we're going to go into the fast for, you may not want to share, so, you know, understand that. But, but there may be some things that you want to share personally. Right? That you are going after. I, I am, I am praying, one of the things I'm going to be praying so hard for is the, the prophecy that started this whole thing with me. And that was the prophecy of war tongues. I'll be going before the Lord every day about that. So perhaps if you have a list of all the people that you're praying for and you know what one of their personal goals are, write it down. Join them in that fight. Ask each other. You know, we don't have to share it. I'm not saying that. But, but if somebody's willing to share it, I just shared one with you. I'm hoping that I'm on all your lists. <laughs> Right? We need to be on each other's lists. As we're going before the Lord, the prayer is not just to be done in 15, 20 minutes on a, on a morning. See, the prayer is supposed to be throughout the day. And I'll guarantee you in this 40 day period, you're going to be woken up in the middle of the night more than you ever have. I just know it. And the purpose of being woken up is because he's going to have you pray then too. So write down your goals. Write down each other and something to pray for each other, to intercede for each other. Develop that this week, and we're going to talk about it more. Next Sunday is the last Sunday before we actually begin. And, and my, my hope and my prayer is that each one of us have a plan in place that the moment we begin, we're on the direction of that path. Personally and corporately. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you've got to fill it with faith. Don't go into this seeking God with the thought process of, I, I hope He can do it. No, fill it with faith, because faith is the very fuel that drives the answer. No, see, I know in my own life, I know he's already told me that he wants this gift for me. I don't know the timing, but that's not going to stop me from asking. Because I want his will. But I'm going to go after that because I know it's His will. I have full faith as I pray it that it will happen. When you go before the Lord and you begin praying about your lists, and certainly the corporate lists, and you're, you're throughout the day doing this, just infuse it with faith. The amount of faith that can be risen up from this small congregation can change the world. Believe me in that. Can change the world. Have the faith to make that happen. Because he doesn't just do it by himself. He requires faith to be engaged. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, God. We thank you that 
You care about who we are. You care about our requests. We thank you, God, that when we infuse our relationship with you with faith, then you infuse it with power. God, I pray that this week, as we're going into this week, for those here and those online, I pray that you help us to put together the goals and the prayer lists that you want us to concentrate on. Not just our own wants and desires, but truly a heart from you knowing what you want. We have a week, Father. Work in each of our lives to develop that so then we when we're standing here next time next week this same time we are ready to step into this fast with boldness with full faith and great expectation father one of our corporate requests is one thing you've promised and that is the falling of your holy spirit on ignition church We trust you in in full faith. We know this will happen. We don't know your timing. Your timing is your timing. But we fully believe. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, One thing I wanted to really encourage you that just hit me so hard when... He was first talking about what happened in in Kaduku at the beginning of the message. Oh my goodness, what a time. It reminded me of, you know, when there is going to be significant ground taken, it was really interesting when we went into that. um, It was the things that were coming against us. I mean, Peter and Lindsay literally almost did not make that day. Um, Peter got so ill that morning. And yeah, but Lindsay was sick. Then Ariel got sick later at, when we got to to Kaduku. There was just a weird. She had uh, Lindsay got a rash, and and Peter got sick, and and then Ariel when we were in Kaduku ended up getting sick and throwing up there, and it was it was crazy. And um, I had I was watching recently, and I didn't even know that Greg was going to be talking about Kaduku. I was looking through my iPad, and there was a video of when we videoed ourselves in the vehicle on the way leaving that day. And the video does not give the full picture of how dirty, sweaty, and, you know, worn out we were. But we were all in the car just praising and singing. And it was just a beautiful, I really wanted to bring it to have you guys see. Um, it mostly focuses on Peter because where he was sitting was right in the back. And, and I just was kind of holding my phone, kind of showing all of us. But the significant breakthrough that came from that fight, and then even right after we got done worshiping, you could see in just a, a moments of the video the sun was going down and that's when somebody commented look at the lightning and we started to get this sense in the spirit that there was um, going to be a backlash and wow was there a backlash there were storm i mean it was like it was like the entire the entire atmosphere shifted to come against us as some sort of a, an attempt to pump we could actually feel the warfare in the spirit in the form of, of a rainstorm i think it was hail there was sand I've never been in a sandstorm. I literally felt like the sand that was swirling around our car was just going to lift us up and take us away. It was just incredible. But you know, um, the, um, the thing that, that I want to tell you as it relates to this fast is, and people online are joining us, um, which is really exciting. 
But we need to expect the unexpected. You know, if if this 40-day fast is going to be taking ground, if it's going to be making an impact, then while we need to expect the unexpected in blessings and answers, we need to expect the unexpected in warfare. We need to know what kind of, of strategies, uh, and we won't, we won't fully know. We're, we're not even to know. We're just to cling to the rock, okay? But be, you know, we're to be um, wise as serpents, gentle as doves, in the sense of our uh, not being ignorant of Satan's devices. And so, because if, you, if we don't enter into this fast with those, th- that awareness and that vigilance in our spirit, we're going to be caught and shaken a bit during this time. And I cannot stress enough when he said to write it down. When you have a list of what you want to pray for, yes, you have your list of goals, but you need to have your list of what to pray for because there will be a point when your flesh is so weak, you can't see straight. And if you can just have that go-to paper or whatever's on your tablet to just go down and and pray by faith in your spirit, your body will not always agree with your faith in your spirit. There will be times you are praying for that list when it is the most difficult day. You feel like you're not even going to make it through the day. But as you pray, those will be the times that God will show up the most powerful. Now, I'm not looking forward to those days. I got to tell you, but we have to expect them. We have to expect them. They are worth the breakthrough. And anyone, any woman in this room that's ever given birth to a child, there are moments in the birthing process, the birthing of the, the, you can be excited all day long about the baby that's coming, but the birthing process can be so excruciating that a lot of women just say, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And of course, you know, the people working with them are, yes, you can do it. Well, the body's going to do one thing or the other. You know, I mean, when that, when that birthing process is coming, it's either birthed or it dies. And man, I'll tell you, we are about to birth something significant, but there will be travail. There will be some agony. There always is when we're crucified. You know, we can bumper sticker that I am crucified with Christ all day long, but the reality of what that looks like is so significant and different than what we think. So be expecting. It's not going to be, if it's unexpected, it's not going to be what you think. So, you know, be, be ready. But some of us already know that we have, um, have had some strange things come against us. But I was telling Yvonne this morning in the car, because she said, why does, why does Satan have to be a thing? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, but I, you know, and I said to her, I said, now let's not forget. I said, I know sometimes we, we think a lot about what the enemy's doing. But re- I said, Devon, remember, the enemy is like a gnat and God is like a dinosaur by comparison of power. Okay. So our God is a great God. And we have to walk in that power while still having an awareness of what the strategies of the enemy do to come against us. The only reason that the enemy overcomes us is because we're not walking in the spirit. In the spirit, no weapon formed against his plan for us will prosper. But out of the spirit, we will be overcome all day long. And that's why the faith is so important. So if you can make out your list, that's so good. Um, and I want to, to just mention to the ladies to join us. We are starting a series in the ladies class that is, I didn't even know it would go so well with the fast, but God just laid it on my heart. It's called Divine Development into Destiny. And it's really going to be, it, I, it, the impetus came in my mind from really the, the Lord showing me how to handle the waiting period for things into, you know, as we're walking into it. But as it pertains to this 40-day fast, 
I mean, the way we will be developed in these 40 days when they begin is going to really be significant. Now, when there's a plan and when there's a focus and when there's biblical precedent that, that he's showing you in this message this morning and next week, sometimes you can have an expectation that is a little bit of a, oh, okay, boy, the first day of the fast, okay, okay you get ramped up to start and then you're kind of like, ah, oh, I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. Be careful to surrender your expectations. Let God surprise you. So while you're expecting the unexpected, give your expectations to God also, because remember, it will not be what we think. Um, there will be highs on days that might be your most physical lows. There might, they, they won't coincide. You might have a day where you're like, how did I make it through? I feel great. I haven't eaten and I still have energy. How, this is amazing. That can be a high, but you can also have days where Okay, I just feel like I'm not going to make it. And God can give you the most significant spiritual breakthrough. Yeah. In that moment of weakness, yeah. it will blow your mind. So again, it just let's not let's be careful to just let God lead. We we set our goals, we you know, we we commit our plans to him after they're made and let him bring them forth, okay? So that's really important. And um I also want to um I really want to thank Michael Stephen for uh, the work that he's doing on you know, the website and the the different visuals and things that he's going to be doing, even on the uh, the ignition abroad, um, to really expand it beyond. It's been amazing to me to see the people outside of ignition who have uh, God's igniting a heart, uh, a, a, just a fire in their hearts to be uh, praying and to be giving yes. towards uh, towards what's going on in Nigeria. And I'm really excited. So I don't want you to think, you know, we, we've said before, sometimes when we present these these large prayers and things that are of giving to a, to a smaller congregation, uh, sometimes we feel like, okay, is the burden completely on us? No, you'd be amazed what God is doing uh, with, the, with the online outreach that we have in Ignition. So, um, so I wanted to thank him for all the, the work that he's doing, and uh, you know, God has gifted him, and he's been able to use that really to make a difference. So thank you very much. couple of announcements. Um, do you want to do that one or you want me just to say the, the prayer walk is, which is normally the second uh, Sunday of every month. Obviously that is Mother's Day. And so what we're going to do is have all the mothers go on the prayer walk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, um, but it will be the next week, right? The next Sunday after, after Mother's Day. So in this month only, it will be the third Sunday of the month. And uh, so that's two weeks from today, uh, we'll have the, the prayer walk and, and make sure uh, that'll be obviously in the fast during the fast. And boy, do not just have high expectation because uh, don't, don't think that God will not do extraordinary things that he's never done before. Okay. All right. Don't think that for a second. All right. And then the, the next thing, I, did I have another one up there? Oh, yeah, that's right. I mentioned this uh, uh, at the beginning of the me message, but um, I'm going to challenge you to do a couple of things, three things, basically. We're going to get this on Facebook. I'm going to challenge you to please share it with all your friends, okay, to get this out there. Um, the, the second thing I'm, I'm going to challenge you on is obviously to, to go before the Lord and, and Lord, and I know many of you already have. And we announced it last week, and, and I know there are many that, that have brought it this week and, and, uh, um, and whatever. But uh, I want to challenge you to be involved yourself 
At whatever level it is, whatever level, doesn't matter. I want to challenge you to be involved in this. And the third part is, is just a thought. Okay, like I know with our family, um, there's a significant, all, all three of us are pretty much going on food fast. I don't know if Yvonne's doing anything with that or not. She'll do a little thing, but but we will be saving a certain amount of money on groceries this month. And 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 I've talked to Alexis, and uh, <laughs> I'm talking to Alexis now. That <laughs> 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 that that we're going to. Uh, uh, I want to figure out what that savings is. Don't worry, I won't take it out of your part. But we're gonna by faith. We're gonna get it. We're gonna by by faith give it. Because it's it's something that we would save anyways, and I, I, I want to encourage you to uh, to make this this sacrifice of fast also be something that that's going to help others. So uh, you can after I said I'd have it available uh, this week. Uh, the the website is up and running. Ignition six three three dot org. You go on there and click on it. You could give. We will have an iPad back there. I'll I'll give you my iPad. Um, uh, we'll have it back there that you can uh, uh, do it here if if you had planned to do it, do it here anyways, and that that'll be in the back there. All right. Any questions about that? All right, Josh, would you come up and close us in prayer?